Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Third World Ballers. We had to reschedule our recording, so here we are today. Um, dude, I'm feeling very low energy today, so I'm gonna um, let somebody take the reins for the beginning of this episode that kind of shares our similar uh, thought process and views towards the person who was named person time person of the year. Think you know who we're talking about? So let's uh let's kick it off with the, uh, this amazing guy. I don't know if this is his real name, Italian neoliberal mall Santa. <laughs> I don't know if this is the video he posted, but let's check this guy out. Greta fucking Thornburg on the cover of Time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's 14. She should be in timeout. <laughs> fucking climate change. It's always fucking changing. Yesterday we had rain. Today we got clouds. Gives a shit. <laughs> it's all a big fucking jerk off. Come over here. Come over here. See this vegetation? It's been there for years. Since uh, Iroquois and uh, Aztecs and shit. <laughs> climate change is like uh, boot swings. Like my friend Johnny Sack. One day he's sad, he's pissed off. The next day the king of New York. What are you gonna do? Whatever happened to the strong silent type? Jackie Cooper. Clint Eastwood. Uh, Sling Blade. Sling Blade? Don't have to say much to know there's a lot up here. Greta <laughs> <laughs> fucking Thornburg. <laughs> mm. This guy is my new favorite person next to Wes the Watson patron prison. Saint. The patron saint of third world ballers. Yeah. Around the world. Yeah. going to hate that bitch. He embodied, he, he's literally a character of ours come to life. And here he is. Here, here to he bring is. you guys some joy about how much that stupid bitch called a Thornburg is fucking he's undeserving. Spoken to, the, spoken to the cosmic abyss and brought forth this lumping mass of anger. <laughs> we literally created this man. This reactionary force to behold. I love him. I love everything he says in that because everything is wrong about what he's saying. Like, just like factually wrong. It's fucking cold all the time. What the fuck can change all the time? It was raining yesterday. Now there's fucking clouds. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> you see this fucking vegetation right here? It was been, it's been here since like, it's since like Iroquois and like the Aztecs and shit. Yeah. That guy was great. His nasally voice, though. Like, he just, like... He's trying to do a Tony Soprano. He really is. And it works very well, I must say. I must say, he does have a good impression of Tony Soprano. Greta fucking Thornburg. Greta fucking Thornburg. What are you fucking doing? Um, anyways, dude, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I just started my new job at uh, Riverway Elementary. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> Too late. It's at a... It's at a school, and um, I work as a paraprofessional there. Uh, it's from 7.45 to 10.45, so it's only part-time right now, but I work mainly with students in like the behavioral, behavioral <coughs> intervention program that they have there. So just like students who have hard time you you smacking know, them still up. in class. Craig, sit the fuck down. Who, who the fuck asked you to talk? Do you grab kids by the shoulders and say, stop, just fucking stop. And slam down. And just lift them by the collar. Uh, <laughs> but no, I work with like a specific group of students, and they're really, really cool so far. It's all, I, it's only been my second day, uh, but so far I've been able to like work with them closely, you know, uh-huh. on a basis. And I'm really looking forward to just like the work in general because there's a lot of kids there who, you know, 
fucking need that help, man. Like, school is like the only source of um, like escape that they get, essentially, especially from like whatever's going on at home, you know. Yeah. So it's it's nice that I could be there for some of them, especially like some of them go what's, through a lot of. What's the age range you're uh, working with? Right now, it's uh, just like first through third. First oh. through third grade. Mm, that's an interesting age. It really is because like they're so tiny and like they don't really understand a lot of the world, but they're so perceptive. You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. They just it, it's like maybe they don't know how to express. Of course, they don't know how to express it, but they know what's going on and they know that you know things aren't what they seem to be. You know, right? And they're intuitive so to a lot really of the shit going on around them. Intuitive. Um. But speak yeah, off really the cool. yeah they just speak their minds they don't give a fuck because they don't know what a giving a fuck really is they're just I've already sponges for things like some fucking weird situations with like kids trying to fight each other you know like this uh, little girl her brother was getting into an altercation and mm-hmm. i went to go intervene and because she was like oh i'm gonna go over there to defend my brother I need to beat this guy up. And I was like, why are you going to do that? And she's like, well, I, I, I need to protect my brother. You know, like I just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go beat him up. And I was like, well, why don't you let me talk to him first? And like, let me see what's going on. And she's like, fine, do what you want. And, you know, just like walked away. She has like so much attitude. Like how old is this kid? Really, she must be in fourth grade. Urgh, fucking sounds like a fucking, urgh. I don't like her. <laughs> You should have given her a little smack up. But it's just like there's so much rage in these kids too because they just don't understand uh, the world, <laughs> like what the, what the hell's happening to them. You know, they don't know how to resolve conflict in a normal way. They're just like that especially. They just have this pent up energy, like, <laughs> and you could see it in them. It's just like, oh, this kid's triggered. <laughs> Man. Props to you for working with kids. I couldn't. I don't think I'd have the patience to work. I mean, I did work with kids for a little while, and it was cool. But yeah, I don't know. I think I just don't have the patience to. I don't even have the patience to deal with adults. I yeah, don't think. I mean, I'd rather deal with kids than adults. I'd like. You know what? That's adults, true. Because kids don't know any so better. Much more pissed at you than kids. Than adults me. fucking suck, dude. Adults get roped into these stupid things at work and get all worried about nothing. They're petty. They're so goddamn petty. Like, my job, dude, there's just, like, this petty drama going on between, like, this manager who's at an upper level of management and, like, my direct supervisor, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's just this, like, dumb, like, passive aggressiveness towards each other, like, through email and all this oh, shit. God. And one of them, my direct supervisor was like, yeah, I just, I'm going to pop off. Like, I'm, I got to tell him something, like... I need to do something today. And I'm like, dude, honestly, it's not fucking worth it. Like, it's going to go nowhere. Just like, this is this guy. This is this guy's personality. So, like, just fucking let it roll off your shoulder, dude. Who cares? Like, it's honestly, this does not matter, really. Like, mm-hmm. we're getting shit done here. Why are you going to get caught up in stupid, like, bickering? It makes mm-hmm. no sense. I mean, and then it, it, it bleeds. Drama. And then it bleeds out to us because, like, my supervisor gets worried that like if we do something it's going to be reflected on her reflective of her and then it's just more cause for this drama it's a mess you know what i take back what i said i'd rather work with kids fuck people dude (laughs) 
But the good thing Dude, is, it sounds complicated. God damn, it's so complicated. And I'm not even involved in it. I'm, the only reason I'm involved in it is because I I'm an employee there, and I'm like, dude, like, exactly. Check this yeah. shit yourself. Like, do not get. I'm doing my shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean that's why I think I get more like leniency with these with kids too. Like, there's right. more like uh, you have more room to just do your own thing. You know, like unsupervised work for the most part and just like, you know, being able to like have have quality time to be able to like really talk to these kids and find yeah. out like what the hell's going on. Start showing well, them some. You- uh, so what are you doing exactly? You're just supervising them or. So it's like a teacher's aid position. So basically I'll go into different classes throughout uh, those three hours and mm. there's specific students that they have in these classes that I have to shadow kind of. And so I'll go into the class and hang out with those two students and like help them with their with their work. Teach them how to kiss. On task. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You tell me you were doing that? No, never. <laughs> uh, and then like sure, that's, that's the majority. That's the majority of the job. And then doing like general yard duty shit. You know. Oh, you walk the yard. You walk the yard. You yeah. walk in the yard. Should we take a dip into Wes Watson today, or are you not feeling my boy Wes? He's got a yard talk video up. Well, whatever one's good, because I mean, the last one was hilarious. Uh, let's take a look at Wes Watson. You, you know, know I got that shit hooped. <laughs> you know how I do. I say, hey, fucking gangster, that shit, homeboy. Walk in you the know yard. How I do. You know what? That's a, his channel is actually called Walk in the Yard. He has a let's talk about the first word, which is my favorite word, paperwork. <laughs> I love that man. I love his uh, affectation. It's just like he has such uh, energy to him. He's got a he's a he's a like a motivational guy too. Very motivated. It's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. So in this aspect, the honesty is going to save you and save your family. If you are overweight, if you don't like the way you look, look fat. If you aren't comfortable in your skin, you probably grew up. With a mom and dad that were the same fucking way. Were you proud of them? Were no. you embarrassed of them? Yes. You don't fucking have to fucking lie about this shit. Okay. You don't have to lie to me and you definitely can't lie to yourself. When I was out of shape and, and <clears throat> overweight, I was embarrassed. And the fact is everyone fucking tries to make it something it's not. Like, like you're not a product of your choices. So someone who chooses to be a fat, lazy fuck... It's someone who's just a lazy motherfucker across the board. They swear they're not. But I look, Jack. If you want to do push-ups, we can go outside. We can do some push-ups. Look, Jack. We can run a couple miles if you want. Should that's we talk about about Biden's more mushiness that's going yeah, on with him? I mean, there's been some developments uh, <laughs> in the brain of Biden, or should I say, underdevelopment? But he has been going off the walls. He, I mean, he came off of the sucking his wife's fingers in public very strongly only to be videotaped in a city hall to uh insulting a voter who was simply asking him a question of his you know authenticity as a politician when his son is basically doing the same corruptive corrupted shit that trump is doing like right. how should we trust you as a as a candidate and the guy wasn't yeah. even accusing him he the guy was just saying, like, look, I see this on the news. Is it true? Like, why did exactly. you send your son who has no experience in, what was it, oil or something? 
energy or forget, sitting on some boards some yeah the, whatever fell sons do nowadays yeah and he, a simple question you know i see he was like i see it on the news what can you just explain you've never seen that biden just goes immediate You're a liar yeah, biden just you immediately calls him a liar the fire in his eyes and what's funny is that he's like just pacing around while the guy's speaking and right when he says and your son you said your son he just turns around and is just like what'd you say about hunter what'd you fucking say about my deadbeat son (laughs) um but yeah the, the interaction is just really telling of where biden stands in terms of his contempt for people and also his level of disillusionment with his surroundings uh with reality and i can get things done that's why i'm running and you want to check my shape on, let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Number two, number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Everyone's saying that. Literally everyone. You said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your word straight, Jack. That's what I do. Anyways, you don't hear that. You've never heard that. And what's I feel so bad for that guy because you could tell he starts wavering because he's like, I I, I mean, well, I saw it on MSNBC. I mean, he's in a room where people are supporting the guy you're trying to be critical on. So it's nerve wracking. So props to that guy for even standing up and doing it in the first place. Afterwards, dude, after that whole altercation and after the city hall, there's video of him like being interviewed by some news reporters and he's like giving right. further development and some guy confronts him. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, in his fa- it's like world star shit, dude. It's just it. like who is getting this angry and who, who wants to defend fucking Joe Biden so aggressively like that that they need to go and confront this man and just make a dude it's the smallest thing you're gonna get that rattled when a fucking voter asks you a question like come on damn that get your word straight jack it's a very very funny video i think everybody should should watch it for the just the fact that he's losing his goddamn he really is losing his goddamn mind and what's with all these 1950s fucking phrases and references and jack jack look here jack get your word straight jack your corn pop had a he had a switchblade he was a couple of bad dudes <laughs> a couple of what was it it was a and corn pop he, he was a bad dude he was running around with some a couple bad, bad boys, boys. <laughs> I lo- oh, that's my favorite line i think he's ever said and also it's just sad it's just like get this guy some help Put him in a home or something. Put him away. <laughs> Settle the door. We don't like he is. We don't need him. Out. He's sundowning and people are like, hey, but Biden, he could really win it. And I just love that. He also throws in there to like prove his point. Like, I've been around for a long time. I know more than most people like, dude, you're out of touch more so than most people do. Like just because you've been around for a long time, like Does the world is a anything no if anything it means you know less because the world's a far different place from when you grew up you've lived too long yeah (laughs) first off like you don't know how to manage these people so stop 
Speaking of another old fucking Creedon who just needs to fucking die. Uh, you? Or, you know, leave. I'm not that old, dude. You're a fucking Creton, though. Oh, I'm a friend. Why would you say that to me? Because I, I hate myself. Friend? That's why. Oh, I'm sorry. Go shit. ahead. I'm sorry, man. Okay. Um, speaking of another fucking old fucking bitch uh, that just needs to go. Nancy Pelosi was on uh, TV <laughs> recently, and she was at a city or a town hall where a voter was asking her a question about impeachment. Oh, I remember this, yes. <clears throat> it was, I mean, so the question was in regards to the fact that during the Bush years, there, were, there was a cause to push for impeachment right. due to the insurmountable amount of fucking war crimes that this guy was committing within his government, and the impeachment, I guess, like proceedings had winded up on Nancy Pelosi's desk and she she chose not to impeach Bush. So this voter was asking, due to that, what makes us think that you would do that for Trump now? Right. You know, like what gives Trump more precedent to impeach him as opposed to Bush? And she goes on to say this fucking wild answer about how she knew for a long time that the war was based on fall on a false premise mm-hmm. that there were no so so-called fucking weapons of mass destruction that WMDs WMDs uh, she knew all that and still thought that proceeding with impeachment would set a terrible precedent oh. for impeachments in the future because what? she was saying that the previous <clears throat> impeachment was Bill Clinton and that it had to deal with something that was so like that was I mean people liked to chalk it up to a blowjob but in reality it's like this guy was in power literally taking advantage of younger yeah, staff no members because yeah. he was sexualizing it like come totally, on yeah. it's like it's disgusting what he did you know there was a bigger problem there than him just having an affair with a woman it was a Absolutely. series of behaviors series that he was leaving power to. behaviors yes yeah. and um and the fact and and Every fucking president should be impeached. They all commit fucking war crimes. Like they're they're not good people. No. So regardless of that discussion, her move to impeach Trump is so fucking insignificant and only deals with like this baseline of so-called corruption, which again, I mean the stuff that yeah, exactly. So what are we proving with impeaching him and going after him? As opposed to doing that with, you know, Bush. Like, yeah. when Obama came into presidency, he just said, we're going to look forward. We're not going to look back, look at our mistakes. We're going to look forward. It's like, okay, but they just, we're still in the war. Right. It hasn't <laughs> ended. Like, we're still there. I mean, dude, this whole impeachment inquiry and all these fucking, all the dog and pony show that's going on because of it, it's just, it goes nowhere. And they just, the the grounds that they're trying to, like you said, that they're trying to impeach Trump on, just corruption. Uh-huh. Like, dude, ev- like you said, every fucking president's been corrupt. Like, you're getting him for the mi- the stupidest things. Like, oh, it's treason. Exactly. He's communicating with other foreign leaders and blah, blah, blah. Like and it's like the whole reason that they don't want him to win how the whole reason that uh, at least from what i've heard like even on like npr in the mornings and shit stuff like that like one of the main reasons they want to impeach him is just because they're flat out scared of him like they know that if yes. they prop up the, the whoever they prop up other than bernie 
in the for the Dems is like he's he's not gonna win whoever that they're is. Be defeated. Yeah. So there's the only free. one of their most viable ways of winning the presidency again for the Democrats is to impeach the. Yeah, like get him out. He's not good. So we need someone else. Sir That's Pat such a Bill fucking Arnold. lazy ass dumb way to try and win a presidency. Absolutely. And I mean, <clears throat> I, I wanted to talk not about even... something um, really quick. Honestly, I no. Well, only because I think... Just kidding, it, go it, ahead. That's why I brought up the whole oh. shit with Nancy Pelosi, because I thought this was really important, because we're talking about a war <laughs> that we're still in, right, yeah. which is um, in, in Afghanistan, and I sent you this article that came out in the Washington Post recently, that yeah. was called the mm-hmm. Afghanistan Papers, and it was basically documents that were received by Washington Post through the Freedom of Information Act from this company called Cigar, which was... Uh, created by Congress in 08 to basically go over the the mistakes primarily with fraud and like um, the military strategies that we had in Afghanistan mm-hmm. to determine if we could, I could like gain any lessons out of it. Right. Um, and through that process, through, uh, over 2014 through 2018, they interviewed maybe 600 individuals who were staffers, military generals, army personnel, you know, strategic advisors throughout this whole war that has been going on. And the information that they compiled about it is fucking insane. Yeah. First off, due to the fact that like some of the quotes that I pulled from here are so fucking in the, the I just like it baffles me because we knew for a long time that it was based on false premise. We knew that there were no so-called weapons of mass destruction. WMDs. WMDs. The U.S. government failed to even produce evidence to these countries indicating, like to Iraq, for instance, indicating that Saddam Hussein had a complicit hand in 9-11 because that's where all these wars stem from, right? Right. They failed to produce all this evidence only to base their whole idea on the idea on the fact that we were fighting terrorism and and, in the name of Christianity and democracy. Uh So this project uh, that was created, that was headed by this journalist named John Sopko, he's the one who leads the agency called Cigar. Um, And basically they, you know, they were looking into, uh, into all of this, this waste and fraud. And they developed these papers that were called lessons learned. And they published these pieces that, had all of this information that tries to recontextualize the war in, Af- in, Af- in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. but what the Washington Post received that was unpublished documents, they were able to um, find out some of the names of these people who were involved in, like, the basically just um, desensitizing facts, uh, uh, corrupting statistics to make it look like, every, like we were winning. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire war that's like how it just went down and also wasting so much <coughs> goddamn money on infrastructural projects that went nowhere yeah. and that ended up going into the afghan government that they just pocketed and just made them corrupt so basically they were just <laughs> expropriating or exporting racketeering to other countries and creating corrupt governments because they had no no logical idea as to what they were doing so, some of the things that I was seeing, um, basically, 750,000 U.S. troops have been deployed to Afghanistan uh, throughout the three administrations of Bush, Obama, and Trump. Of that total, 2,300 have died, 
and 20,589 were injured. And what's interesting about those statistics is that the U.S. would constantly push the statistics overwhelmingly of how many Afghan uh, soldiers were killed of personnel, and they would never push statistics about the U.S. Of even course not. They're pretty low compared to the Afghan people that were killed because uh, as of now, I think it turns out there's about 46,000 Afghan civilians that have been killed. That's just Afghan civilians. And then Taliban insurgencies, 46,000. Afghan security people, 60,000. So the, the tally is much more increased in these people's country, which makes us more of a occupying force, right? And uh, what's interesting is that throughout this whole idea of like our winning strategy, our, our so-called winning policy, we weren't able to do anything uh, in Afghanistan for the people and have since created a quagmire much very similar to Vietnam at this point um, that has just been a fucking lie. And it, it's like they've been lying to our faces this entire time. I mean, dude, that shit's been going on for the history of our country, basically. I mean, since we've been alive, at least, like even since well, like the forties, uh, dude. Yeah, I've been wars in general. I've been reading this I, is the longest war I, in U.S. history. Is it even considered a war still? Like, who who are we at war with? I mean, exactly. That's <laughs> another thing that they were asking. Like, people, this uh, this guy who was like a national security advisor, he said that he would go over there. Uh, and the first question that people would ask him is, "Who are the bad guys? Right. Who are we fighting? Where are they?" And he was like, "I, I don't, I don't know. We don't know." And that's the thing. It's like the conflicting ideologies of the generals who were put in charge of this. Some people wanted to uh, wanted to create a a more <clears throat> positive uh, reinforcement between the neighboring countries. Some mm -hmm. guys wanted to uplift more uh, feminist rights and, and literally recreate their entire culture. And then other people just wanted to waste them away. So like, when someone was, wasn't it too, to like push like the Soviet influence out of the middle East too? For absolutely. Yes. Cause they, I mean, cause then they would have a monopoly on their, their natural resources. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That too. Um, and also because they are funding like Syria and that's a neighboring country from which, we have now moved into and, yeah you know it's just further to destabilize the region so that we can uh remain dominant over that country and the afghan afghani people have just been absolutely demoralized for it their government is corrupt they're fucking their ex their their only source of uh, uh in their economy is opium and like the u.s just helps prop that up like but then there's like this whole like war on drugs too that we have and this war exactly. this whole invasion exactly. has stopped the flow of opium into our country and then it's like do we want to get a hold of it and have a monopoly of it or do we want to stop it completely and it's just like this like back to your point of these confused ideologies and like the establishment of government uh -huh. like they don't even know what the fuck they want to be doing. No, and they have this like deep-seated guilt and sort of remorse, or um, not even. I don't. I wouldn't even consider it guilt. It's almost like they just it's definitely not so guilt. Paranoid now that they don't know how to. It, it's like so they have to justify their own jobs, you know? Like oh, absolutely. But they're so conflicted too, uh, uh, mentally that they don't know how to express their their feelings about this anymore because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they it's so like, far removed from when they first started and what the original. Uh, 
quote unquote intention is now it's just a bumbling mess in the middle east so now they're like any reason they can come up with for being there is going to be valid for them because it's like well we'll think of another reason to validate this later you know like and any (laughs) fucking minor minuscule fucking structural change that they uh that they prop up there Mm-hmm. Is going to be like the positive messaging as to this is why we're doing it. Right, this right. is why we're there. And it's like, dude, you haven't done shit in these <laughs> fucking... It's for the sake of democracy. Since 2003. Since yeah. 2003. It's literally 17 years, about, about to be 17 years. It's insane. And I, I, the fact that we have to contend with this now, because now this is like, we're not, we probably won't get out of it anytime soon. And that that country is going to be destabilized for a long time. I mean, have we really left any country we've invaded for? True, that too. I democratic mean, we have bases purposes all around the world. Yeah, like our, we're like the only country that has bases like all around it the world. Occupies like that. countries like that. Yeah, we're yeah. literally like we're gonna stay here. There's nothing you can do about it. It's <laughs> legal. We are completely within our rights to stay here and observe you guys from afar through military arms. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other quotes were like. Uh, people were like, yeah, my, my supervisor just told me, oh, here's a billion dollars, spend it. Yeah. Just spend it. And it's just like, on what? You know, oh, anything. Just spend it. We need to get rid of it, okay? It's a surplus. And they would even ask, like, the congressman who approved it, like, shouldn't you use this for your own, like, state, you know, or your own <laughs> local government? And they were just like, no, what? Why? It's because they're in the pockets of these arms, <laughs> you know, these arms companies. And it's just like, all these, all these company, all these congressmen who are funded for their campaigns are funded, I'm sure, by a lot of weapon manufacturing companies. It's so it's like they just keep the money flowing in and out, in and out. Like mm-hmm. you're going to give us this money, and you're going to have a budget, so you need to allocate it back into our company and secure this deal. And those interest, those industries are so decentralized; they like exist all over the country. Yeah, and you can't like put it if you put a stoppage to one of them, you have to close down like entire factories probably and put a lot of people out of business which di- like you can't do that in those districts or else you right. lose political uh, power you know and and because of that we lack cohesion to create a sort of anti-war movement because it's like we've been lied to this entire time again and again and again by these people saying that they fight for us when in reality they d- they don't they don't they don't give a shit about us and it's like when are we just going when is enough enough when are we going to say like i have i am sick of this i'm sick and tired of it but i don't know i mean it's it's good it's good that there's articles like that and i think media nowadays and the the amount the rate at which information is shared has been very helpful too so i think we're in a that's true we're in a really i think we're almost in a tipping point to where the veil behind all this bullshit and all this bumbling like mess that these people in government put us in is going to be it's going to come to a head you know like i mean mean, it can't go on in a lot of ways right yeah like it it very much is yeah and we're like i mean what rome was only for 300 years or something that's like the longest any empire has been around so what are we at like Mm -hmm. i don't know how many years we've been around but shit's coming shit's getting fucked up and it's busting at the seams full circle literally full circle it's it's i mean much like the like you were saying with the um, availability of this information at the tip of our fingers, you know, like that, that is a positive trend, I think. And like, yeah. much like the Pentagon papers, when they were published about, you know, this, the sort of lies and, uh, 
falsifications about the Vietnam War that came out, that, those papers had to be leaked. Like, that was a whistleblower that was able to get those out. Yeah. This was just acquired through the Freedom of Information Act, through a legal proceeding. And with that, we have all these names that we can attribute to people who directly misled the public and have had a hand in just a constant in constant warfare. And in fact, uh, the Washington Post has like taken that company cigar to um, they want to take them to court and they've they've asked a district judge to help them reveal the names of all the people that they interviewed because the Washington Post believes that those people had a hand in this war and the public have a right to know who they are and what they said. Right. Uh, but the company is indicating that everyone they interviewed are whistleblowers and that they have to protect them. It's like, you're not a whistleblower if you're a general. Yeah. You're not a whistleblower if you're a congressman. It's freedom of information. Like we're asking you questions and you're telling us and you're not answering to the best of your ability. So like you need to be held held accountable for what's going on right now. You need to be held Does no one care about responsibility? Like Jesus. They really don't dude. They really, really they really don't at all. And uh, there's just no, there's absolutely no accountability for these people. No, none. Because even when like they go to a supreme, like a supreme court or whoever fucking decides what's going to go with these people, when they are held in trial, like even that goes goes nowhere. There's so much resources that are spent just like grilling these people. Uh huh. It's like where are the uh, true concrete results we can get from holding these people responsible for? how much they fucked up this country and so many other countries like every country so in the world almost many. it's insane <sighs> we have to just kind of live with actually a lot of people just don't live with that it's like the fantasy of the u.s exceptionalism right the like, right. american exceptionalism that we can exist without having ever experienced that but we also can determine whether or not other countries have a right to exist or you know their own democratic values we gotta spread democracy in any by any fucking mean possible. Your country's on timeout. <laughs> I think that's a. This is a great time to segue into our favorite yes. democracy spreaders. The the democracy sprayers of the fucking jungle. First, though, um, I think we should take a look at some CIA shit. And uh, there's a new form of CIA going around that I'm really so- stoked on by a uh-huh. um, friend of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you know who I'm referring to. Yes, I do. Our good friend. The fucking king, dude. The king of the fucking world. The comedy. The joker. He's twisted, folks. Christians in action! Hey, what's up? It's me, your boy, Conor O'Malley, down here on the side of the BQE. Christians in action, working for you. I have been bestowed behind... I have, God has bestowed me with a gift. God has bestowed me with a gift that is absolutely out of sane, out of control. I was doing my morning walk down the BQE, and I smelled something fucking interesting. I said to myself, what's that fucking stink? Yeah! I said, what's that fucking stink? Yeah! I want to find out what that fucking stink is. Let me show you guys what I'm talking about here. Okay, all this, all these things here. This is all ground beef. I found a whole. This I just was digging on top of the surface of this, and I found, <laughs> I found a whole big pile of ground beef here by the side of the BQE. Found ground beef, absolutely for <laughs> fucking ass. I'm gonna beat your fucking ass if I find you taking out of my ground beef. Look at that. 
absolutely gorgeous. That's gonna be you! If you come down to the side of the BQE and you find my ground beef, I am strong! I am a Christian! The Lord bestowed it to me and only me! And I will tell you this, if you try to if you try to come down here next to the graveyard and by the highway to find my ground beef, I will destroy you. I will destroy you. Because this Christmas will be a very merry Christmas to me. These amazing, beautiful ground beef. These amazing, beautiful ground beef. I am a Christian in action, and I cannot be held accountable for the things that I do. <laughs> I can't deny it. I feel so alive. Ah, I feel so alive. This might be. There you go, dude. There's our new CIA in action oh, that I'm man. loving right now. I, I feel so alive. Do you remember POD? Are you kidding? I didn't know that they were a Christian band until I was like, like way after. I didn't either. I just thought I'm a rock out. What is POD? I never. What does POD un, uh, uh, even stand for? Something on display or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I know that OD is on display. I believe. Power on display. Is it power? I don't know. Penis on display. Fat cock on display. Payable on death. Oh, is that it? Yeah. No, it's really? Yeah, I mean, how many PODs are there in the world, dude? Come on. <laughs> I could have sworn it was something on display. Oh, they're new metal. Uh, just to let you know that this is actually a considered a new metal band, so uh, I don't think that you're in the right place to be giving any sort of criticism on new metal bands. Shout out to our boy JDB. Real quick. One time. Wherever, if you're listening, JDB, we miss you. If you're out there, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, we're trying to get you back on the pod again. We're your friends. Well, Not like those other non-new metal posers. Um, anyways, dude, let's get into the real CIA operative, our favorite democracy Christian spreader. Um, and I think, you know, Connor said it. He's he set it up perfectly. He's been bestowed by God and anything he, he, he held he responsible. Any of his <laughs> exactly. And much like Jack Ryan in this episode, he definitely cannot. So I saw it last Sunday. So it's a little foggy in my memory, much like every episode, even after seeing it the next day. Yeah. Um, so why don't you go ahead and lead us into this episode yeah jack ryan is like a fucking pale mist that settles <laughs> over your city in the morning and by the afternoon it's gone and you never thought about it again it's <laughs> a um, great analogy so <clears throat> jack ryan episode five as you remember last episode i feel like we've been uh, watching we, fucking 12 episodes of this goddamn show jesus we find out that Jack is on the fucking hunt, as he has been, and finds out that about this company called Imperius, which is in London, which is funneling money into Venezuela uh, that was used to pay off this assassin named Max. This is all coming back to me now. Uh, to kill Senator Moreno. Still don't know why. Still don't know why. Haven't asked for some reason. Um <laughs> And because of that, that led Jack to London, where he meets up with Harriet. 
Uh, Max goes on Grinder to find. Wait, uh, wait! Don't gloss, don't gloss over these parts because these are the most. <laughs> these are the noteworthy parts. So let's just re- basically, yeah, the quick synopsis of this episode. I just wanted to go quickly. Jack is in. Jack is in London. He's being tailed. We see Jack arriving. Okay, so this is back to how terrible this show is. We see him arriving at the air, London airport, and what do you know, dude? He's being tailed by Max, aka Jack and Hagar. And Jack and Hagar is literally in women's garm, tailing Jack like a few feet away. And Jack, he's just like the like great the, operative that he is, doesn't, you yeah. know, knows he's being tailed. The brilliant spy. <laughs> it's just like, what were they thinking making this, shooting this scene? They weren't. They weren't. <laughs> and why is Jack in, in women's garm? I don't know. Again, he is a master of disguise, apparently. Wait, was this? Apparently. Was this that? Wait, that was last episode, huh? When he, when yeah. he was in women's garden, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. You're going over the last episode. Yes, it's, yes. Again, the mist. I don't remember much. The mist, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, Jack uh, hooks up with Harriet, not sexually, just physically, uh, at his hotel because she is trying to find Max as well. No, the grinder uh, one was this episode. I thought. No, dude. It was in the. It was in episode four. Because that's when he goes to the techno club, catches the guy. He uses his sister as a, as a. Um, oh, you're right. Now it's the aftermath. It's, it's the aftermath now because I remember some boss operative move that Jack does. Um, go ahead. Ta- I'm still talking episode four. You realize? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's coming back to me that that was actually episode four. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Again, I saw it last Sunday. Um, and then. Uh, they meet up with uh, this guy named Rupert, who is the CEO of the company Imperius, to try and find Max. They use uh, Rupert as a kind of um, a, bait, a little bait, basically. pretty much. Yeah, yeah, uh, to draw out uh, Max with the entirety of fucking London's military. It, it looked like and surveillance <laughs> equipment um, ends with uh, Rupert getting shot. Uh, and Jack goes on the hunt, which is a really funny chase scene. Um, and then it ends with Jack and jumping into the water and another vendetta ensues in which he, uh, is looking for what's her name, Harriet, because they used to be lovers apparently or something. Um, we don't really even know. We, we don't know. And throughout the episode as well, uh, Reyes is also kind of, you know, the usual scheming energy against Bonalde, his opponent, but also uh, we determine that he is basically in the right now. And the U.S. government is just giving him every reason to be retaliating in the way that he is. Invading um, him, being threatened by not even an actual CIA operative, just some dude. Um, exactly. Being big dicked all left and right. Yeah. Uh, and then also there's a military sort of fucking death squad stranded in jungle, uh, oh Bishop, God. Matisse, and the crew, which that is just doesn't even matter. Uh, and then throughout that episode four, Greer <laughs> It really is, does not. Yeah, and then throughout episode four, Greer is attempting to research. And then he, uh, we we see him Google, yes. Yeah, so he learns how to Google, Google in episode four. He learns four. what Google, what email is. So now we arrive uh, so to episode five. Episode five. Here we are. Okay. So... We're at the end of when uh, Jack and Agar jumped into the water in episode four. We're back at the ca- cafe where the CEO, Rupert of Imperius, was killed. Um, Harriet and Jack are being interrogated by the local police. 
they're giving conflicting stories, which I thought was hilarious because Jack is like straight up like, I don't know this, I don't know Harriet, I've never met her, we've never known each other, she came up to me like a week ago, I don't know what I'm doing here, basically. And Harriet, on the other hand, is like, oh, I've known Jack for three years, we're best buds, we always work together on these operations. <laughs> so it's really funny, and like, the agent who is interrogating Jack is like, go fucking home, dude. Just you need to go home. Stop, <laughs> like stop doing what you're doing. Go home. This is the second person telling him to get the off the case, who has never met him, and is telling him go home. Um, <laughs> clearly, you're traumatized. And and then the, another, the agent who is interviewing Harriet uh, is going to escort her back to her hotel to also kick her ass out of the country. Um, as Jack is leaving. <clears throat> They're rolling a dead, the dead this body is the operative out move. of the door, and he s- manages to steal a key from the dead body in front of everyone. Literally. Paparazzi. Uh, Just sticks his hand right in there. Agents. The ambulance people. like The London just, government. Whoop, whoop, yeah. No one saw. And it was the worst sort of like, oh, you know, like try to be sly. At least take it from the evidence room, dude. Show that scene. (laughs) Exactly. Not just him stealing it off a dead body at the crime scene when it's a fresh crime. Then again, they these people did not care about. And he just goes and ransacks the fucking the man, the imperious guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next scene is we're back in the jungle and Bishop, who is the lost black man in the Venezuelan jungle. Uh, keep in mind, this guy, as we explained, is a working class member of our society who should not be there. Uh, but he was cajoled by his leader and supposed friend Matisse into fucking going to the jungle. Um, so he's still lost. He's climbing up a rock face to get a better view of the land. And, uh, he sees a plume of smoke to which he is going ahead and then it cuts to a satellite image of november greer and the ambassador uh who we met in the first episode who are watching bishop from the satellite image and who are keeping in touch with matisse as to where his location is uh, first question why where was that satellite imaging beforehand uh then again i'm not sure if that's like the satellite they were using from the venezuela oh no actually sorry it turns out that the ambassador called in a few favors, and they have drones now monitoring Venezuela. And that's how they're getting these images. Of and the way she comes about, she's like, I just made a call. Oh, right. I remember the perks of the, the, perks of the job. Or she says yeah. some stupid... I wish I remember the quotes, because she says a stupid, cringy perks quote. Perks of the job, probably. Basically. I not doubt it. And... Um, you know, oh, you know what? No, she says I had a few drinks with him. She she. Oh, that's right. She, she said she went out to dinner and Mike. November into like getting jealous. Yeah, him. yeah. And he's like, "You did? Like how many drinks? Like just this weird interaction. Like I'm still, weird. I'm still thinking. I'm hot. And it's like we don't, we do not need I, this. I sucked his dick and he gave me seven drinks. <laughs> Which is also demeaning to women's characters in this. Like she can't, totally. just, she can't just can be like a honey pot for <laughs> fucking the military. Is what you're selling us. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. Okay. And then, uh, so they contact Matisse and tell him, hey, uh, you know, your guy is probably headed towards that plume of smoke. Here, here it is, you know. Uh, and Matisse, when he gets the call, he's like, yeah, we'll head that way. Maybe some indigenous village. They just throw that out there. It's like, I don't know who would be out there. Maybe some indigenous village. It's like, yeah, don't kill them then. Please. Because <laughs> you know um, you will. Yeah. 
And then it cuts to Bishop, who stumbles on that smoke that he was going to, and it's like some outdoor prison, I don't know, some like camp or some something shit. like that. No context whatsoever. We just much know like it's everything bad. in the show. We just know it's bad because of Bishop Bishop's face, yeah. his expression. <gasps> Next, it cuts to this really uh, fanciful building in London that turns out to be a school. Uh, again, no indication of that. It just looks like a cool building, and it's this. We meet this random girl whose name is Annabelle, uh, who ends up hanging out with Max, the assassin uh, from previously. We don't know what the relationship is at first, but we know. I thought she was like maybe his sister or something. Uh, but he is his just daughter, working. right? It's his daughter, yeah. But she has no idea what he's doing. She just knows he works for the government. That's it. And he keeps playing up the mysterious guy. One thing I kept asking myself though is if this guy, if this guy uh, killed a senator, a U.S. senator, in a sitting U.S. Land, senator, yes. And they have a picture sketch of him. They know he was stabbed in the eye. They have three really huge facts about this guy. You're going to tell me that there, his picture isn't out there globally? He's a fucking assassin. Like, why haven't they noticed this guy yet? He's wearing a goddamn eye patch. Yeah. You know? So I thought that was really funny. Uh, he just talks with Annabelle. I don't really remember what the conversation was about. Obviously not that important. No. But um, <laughs> Then it cuts to Jack, like you were saying, goes to Rupert's house, uh, the guy he stole the key from. And, the man who was uh, murdered by Max, for the listener. And who was murdered by Max. And he's going there to try and find some you know, little evidence about what Rupert was up to. Just, just and, goes in right after the murder. No gloves, nothing. Just hops right no in. The police are there? Why, why are the police there? <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely no one there. Just conveniently open for Jack to just storm and go through files. And then further uh, demonstrating of the of the U.S.'s ability to just invade people's country, he just calls into America to his friend who's like, oh, hey, Jack, have you taken a look at my uh, proposal, my business proposal? <laughs> they pretty my much... I was really getting uh, questioning about it. Yeah, they made him like the Black Jim or something. That yeah. weird interaction, I, I got notes of like Jim Halpert and like that kind of like quick totally. wit kind of geeky nerdy but like exactly. still keep doing the job kind of guy uh this is the same actor from midsummer by the way it uh, is it fucking is i was trying to remember yeah. where this guy's from poor guy he's in it now holy fuck it is the guy from midsummer huh yep and he call and he plays a hacker in this and so he calls in <laughs> this guy to basically hey i'm on a computer in london i need your help to hack, hack a computer it. by some man who was just murdered because why does jack need it you've been told to go home by two huge governments <laughs> and, and still he pur- pursuits no questions asked this guy just like okay no yeah i got you computer are we breaking into why <laughs> and I ask, why are we doing this? And what's uh, your authority over me? You're my friend. Should, should you be home? I, th- I heard you were supposed to be home already. <laughs> uh, then it cuts to Greer in November. Uh, in November's office, Greer hands him the rock that he was given from Bonalde in the previous episode. Uh, it's just like, oh, what is this? You know, I don't know. Uh, turns out it's tantalum which is a mineral ore used in all kinds of manufacturing, uh, especially military equipment. Mm-hmm. And apparently China has a monopoly on the China. mineral. Uh, oh, right. Volger, the company that uh, <clears throat> is 
I guess I don't know how they're. Oh, they're the one who launched the satellite in the sky over the China Sea. Greer's satellite in the China Sea that he keeps talking about. <laughs> I just keep and, thinking right now of that weird, <laughs> that weird video we watched last week of, of of the actor who plays Greer. Yeah, the Biden energy from that guy. Like, <laughs> we made eye contact and I didn't want to talk to her, so I you know I quickly like, no, don't look at her. Don't she look at her. You know, it's funny. Way. We were both on a plane at the same time, and I didn't realize where we were going because I don't even remember getting on the plane. But and that's my best. Uh, Jack Krasinski, John Krasinski story. story. And then I asked him about it a few years later. He didn't know what I was talking about. He, he was like talking about how I was using too much pomade in my hair. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this tantalum uh, mineral ore, China launched tantalum. Uh, Volger launched the satellite over the China Seas, which is using, which is being used to locate a deposit in Venezuela, which is why they have that mining equipment, which is what Jack Ryan found in the third episode or whatever. Right. Uh, which is to get a uh, – so Volger, I'm still not sure what company they are. I think they might be German. I don't know. China apparently has the monopoly on the mineral. So the reason why the satellite is being used to locate another deposit is so that, that whatever this other company is can get uh, Absorb a hold it. of the monopoly. <clears throat> and then after all that explanation, November's just like good work to Greer. And I was like, on what? What did he do? <laughs> you explained he, it to him. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, he was saying like, uh, or sorry, November tells Greer that. Good yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why. <laughs> it's okay. like. But, um, and what was interesting is that he was like, oh, I'll take a further look into that, which to me only makes it seem like, well, why would this information be necessary to the senator's death? If only, and this is what I'm thinking. Uh, Senator Moreno must have been working with some of these companies because he wants the U.S. to get a hold of the the mineral, had to have a monopoly on it. Mm, and uh, maybe he was going to Venezuela in the first episode to make face with the president to try and work out an agreement. What did they go in the first place? Do you remember? No, that, that's why. I don't think that was <laughs> actually mentioned. Is it, mentioned? it has no. to have been mentioned why they they don't just go to Venezuela they go I don't fucking remember why they know, go but that's what I'm thinking is why he was killed because he was trying to why are why is this show waiting till the last three episodes to tell us why everything is in swing yeah god exactly. damn <laughs> they want you to be just as paranoid as they are <laughs> uh, so then. November leaves his office and he's going to go, you know, like do some work. And then Greer suddenly remembers about Bonalde and the, the, her, da- her daughter receiving the bullet in the last episode. So he runs over to November. Oh, I love this part. And if they can get extra security detail to train uh, the so-called cab drivers and farmers that make up Bonalde security. Uh, so they're dumb. They don't know shit. About <laughs> they're not trained. So... November uh, gives him permission. To gives him some guy, their, some badass dude. Guys. Yeah, use Jesus. Hey, go talk T- to Jesus. Take Jesus. I gotta run. I was just remember uh, thinking, like, where are you going? And then also he even says, and remember, all of this is strictly off the record. He keep, they keep saying that. Because now they're directly interfering. Yeah, they keep saying that. It's off the record, off the record. And then it made me think, like, 
if it's off the record, then why did you make such a big deal about Jack getting in the way? Like, you guys are just operating on your own means. Like, exactly. just tell him to chill out who and cares? a little. Yeah, who cares? None of this matters. What are you protecting <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing exactly. Uh, so yeah, they get that extra security detail. Then the next uh, scene is you know they got to get the shots of the barrios and the streets and the poor people, and then the barrios. Um, it goes to <clears throat> Greer visiting Bolnada at her headquarters. I love this part though when they arrive at the headquarters and the guy they come to like let him up, and they're like, all right, let's go We're right up the stairs. And just more testament to how poorly this show has been made. They like. They take the first, the like Jesus upstairs, and then they cut to like, like some dark ass like, I, it, it was the elevator. They cut to like the el- the dark ass elevator, and then like s- immediately back to Grin. He's like, the elevator's right there. Like it was supposed to be like a little, you know, like a little quick humor, like oh he did comedy, a little comic relief. Yeah, he doesn't want to take the stairs, but just the way I just remember how jarring and how sh- like quick that it was, like the shot of the elevator, then the Greer, and then him his stupid remark. It's just like. Dude, just stop. Why are you guys trying to make this show funny? Like, <laughs> you're just fucking making more Seriously. fools of yourself with this goddamn show. So he, he introduces Jesus right Jose or Andre. I don't know what his name is. I thought you said Jesus. I, I think it is. I'm, I just know it was some generic name that they used. <laughs> okay. Um, and he introduces I think it is Jose, him actually. to Bonalde. And Bonalde is like, one guy? You yeah, only yeah. found me one guy? It's like, you wouldn't... Do you want a military for like? Because we can do that. <laughs> um, and he just tells her, "Hey, he's our best guy. He'll train your guys. He'll train your dudes up, and uh, we'll find out what's going on." And I think that's like. Do you know Bonalda in real life is dating uh, Pedro Pascual? Oh wow! Really, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian himself, yes. Mm. Wow, and their son is Baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> Then the next scene goes to Harry and the British intelligence who were escorting her out of the murder scene back to her hotel to kick her out. Uh, They are going to the hotel and they go into an elevator and it goes to her floor and right when the door's open, who do you know is there? Whoa! The mini piece caught himself. Bam! Straight to the face. Domes, that guy. Gets shot the fuck up by Max. And uh, he proceeds to go into the elevator and confronts Harry uh, in this really, like, provocative sexual way. So, um, so get out. This is your only warning. I'm not going to tell you again. Leave. Yes. Get out of it. Jack's, I'm coming for Jack. For some reason, he need, has... For some now, reason, he needs to finish the job. Against right? Jack. Like, he has this vendetta out now. Yeah. Back to the vendettas. Vendetta. Exactly. You already took out the guy you were supposed to take out. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you this doing now? play now, you know? Um, and then Max leaves her and says, if you follow me, like, I'll kill you. I'll be forced to kill you. Yeah. So he leaves and then she takes the gun from the dead guy and just runs off after. And they're just trying to build up this like spy romance. Like he should have never gotten in love with me. Like he broke his number one rule when he trained me. He yeah, fell in exactly. love. Some dumb bullshit. And that's why her character is just so <sighs> insignificant. So because it's insignificant. Like, you just added that to ha- give Jack some sort of love triangle romantic relationship when she has no fucking – she has no part to play in this in reality because Does not. in the end, the vendetta is just between Max and him. And like she, She's doesn't do she doesn't do anything in this entire – well, yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, until they <laughs> give her something to do. Um, 
Then the next scene is Ryan and Greer on the phone. Ryan, Jack Ryan's still at the Rupert's apartment, and he's yeah. telling Greer about the information that he finds out. Turns out that Rupert and Max are directly linked through this uh, slush fund that has been paying Max to kill Senator Moreno. Still no reason why. Uh, the next scene, Ryan meets up with Harriet, um, or she calls him actually, and, t- and wants. To Gives him the four one one. You got a target on your back, bud. Exactly, and indicates that Annabelle, uh, who we met earlier, is his daughter, and that they should kidnap her to weed yeah. Max out. Yeah. So now they're resorting to kidnapping this rogue agent. Extortion. This yeah, who is acting on the behalf of the U.S. government is now going to kidnap some random person in another country because, because why? He bullied his friend. Told you. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to another. The next scene is another Bonalde rally. Ugh, uh, those make me fucking. Those same, are so cringy. They don't do the same sort of nauseating uh, what tracking shots that they did in no, the, no, no, the no. other scene. They cut right I to think the they chase. They got the hint on this one. <laughs> um, what I found so fucking annoying was just like her speech again. This very cringy sort of. I got the facts, you know. I'm going to make a change. He's treating you like shit. I'm better. She's talking about inflation, about blackouts, about hunger and poverty. Absolutely no mention of uh, sort of austerity measures that have been and sanctions that have been passed by the U.S. to directly fucking uh, in, <clears throat> like interfere in the Dude, there's no san- There's no sanctions in this world, in this universe. No, no, they don't exist. <laughs> U.S. is the shit, dude. They're only here to help. Duh. Exactly. And that's why it's it's like. Reyes, Reyes, Reyes. He is the bad guy. Right. He is the one we must defeat. Much like how um, our dialogue is now for our presidential candidates, Trump, exactly. Trump, Trump. He's the enemy. He's That's the it. only reason Just that him. shit's fucked up. Yeah. Not the system that has been corrupt. That built him up. No, Just it's him. The boogeyman. Um, the the booty team, man. Jack, Jack and Harriet are uh, in a train station. Uh, this was a nauseating just, chase scene too. God. Oh my god, it's so confusing <laughs> because I was like, "Who is? Are they following someone? Are they being followed? Who's following who?" Because the the way they cut it, it's like Jack and uh, and Harriet are like looking for a train to go into while they cut scenes between Max looking for Jack and Harriet. Or it was very confusing. Are we getting on the right train? Like they're trying to find yeah. their right transfer really or something confusing. and they and it was cutting back and forth with that and i was like okay who's following who like what is this um so finally um jack and harry get on a train and uh they're standing there and right when the doors are about to close there's just like this really awkward cut to max just like staring at him like that similar uh scene from always sunny when charlie when they had oh yeah when mac and charlie are yeah <laughs> And uh, she kisses Jack goodbye. Kisses Jack really awkwardly, and then just runs off right when the doors. And that's just like to show you, like, hey, remember they kind of had a little thing going on. Like we made no more further mentions of that. They have this, yeah, yeah. And then so she takes off. Max uh, pursues after her. He catches her and shoots her in the foot. Doesn't kill her because he loves her. Um, I thought he shoots. He shoots her in the chest too. I thought. No. Or. Because I thought he leaves leaves her to die. No, he doesn't. He just shoots her in the in the foot. Really? Yeah. I thought Aren't that they made it. I thought they made it seem like she's gonna die. Like 
She shoots. He shoots her a couple times, I think. Oh, maybe he does. Because I think I she's know. trying to shoot him, and he does that like a little warning shot, and then he uh, he. I'm pretty sure he pumps a couple in her stomach. Cause like he's like, this is your final straw, bitch. I told you, fucking stay out of it. Okay. And then uh, he runs off because she tells him exactly where Jack is going. Uh, she owes no allegiance to anyone but the fucking fantasy. Um, <laughs> Are we sure she's even working for any sort of government faction? Yeah, she could just be a crazy person running around fucking town saying that she's a government agent. <laughs> Uh, next scene, Jack confronts Annabelle in the library, uh, where he attempts to pull off a kidnap. Uh, (laughs) Come with me. You need to come. Come on. He just like storms up on her while she's on a date. He's like, Hey, uh, you don't know me, but I need to talk to you. Like, first off, why would I listen to this crazy man who's in my dorm? All he does is show her a badge and it's like, I work for the state department and your dad's a very bad dude. <laughs> he's running with a couple of in. bad boys. He's running with a couple bad boys. We need to take him in. Uh, and she's like, mm, I don't know. I don't trust that, you know, with good intention. Yeah, that's her father. That is mad. This strange American man is coming to you. Exactly. And so she takes out a little hairpin that her dad gifted her earlier in the episode and stabs him in the fucking arm. And runs off, and he's like, ow, and chases after her. Um, and then he catches her. Max calls, oh, I, it's funny, in my notes I even put, he's a bad dude running with some bad boys. Um, Max calls Ryan after he catches her, pulls a gun out on her, mind you. And yeah. he's like, you better stay the fuck right there before I shoot you. And calls Max to tell him, I got a half your one. No, Mac, Max calls him. Conveniently, because Max, does? yeah, Max oh, takes Harriet's phone. Harriet. Yeah, that's right. And Max is like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hang out your way. <laughs> <laughs> Full um, contraband style. Seriously, this movie, this could be chalked up to contraband. I mean, Annabelle so- is contraband at this point. Um. So Max calls Ryan, tells him <laughs> he bluffs to him that Harriet is dead. I remember. I think he does indicate like, "Oh, I killed her," which is why I didn't. But why does he bluff? I think he does sh- actually shoot her in this. It, it, the, the, it, just, it really does not matter. Either way, Harriet's shot, true. wounded, um, a few miles away. Yeah, and so he tells him, "I'll let your daughter go if you tell me who the fuck killed Moreno." And that's because that's all he cares about in the end. Um, so then it cuts to Greer at Bonalde headquarters. Uh, I thought a really funny line was when they were talking about like the polls. Greer's like, well, social media is saying another thing. All oh, right. Like, you don't know what the fuck social media is saying. Okay. <laughs> he barely learned how to use Google in the he last episode. He barely learned what research was. <laughs> The term of where, research. And where is his heart attack? Where is his heart conditions coming up? Yeah. They just like stopped. He magically disappeared after he started yeah. doing his goddamn job. They did nothing. They've called that back never. Never. Doesn't matter. Uh, much like this show. Uh, but, God damn it. So Greer like- is, yeah, I put Greer is such a plain-ass character, which is so true. Absolutely no Depth. He delivers such responses to people. Same expression the entire time. 
Yeah, uh, I mean that's what CIA people are like. And in the in an, in an interview with that actor, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I based my character off one of the guys we met at the CIA headquarters, and he, you know, I just really liked his demeanor, and I just really liked how boring he was." <laughs> I thought I need to be that born. That's what the CIA is about, being born. Uh, then November calls Greer to indicate that Ubari is losing it and that he's going to pay him a visit. Uh, and then he winds up at a family dinner where Ubari uh, and him meet in the bathroom. And November confronts him. Oh, I forgot about that part. Uh, what I liked about that part, too, was that November tries to stiff arm him and indicate, like, oh, you know, like, I see, like, your allegiance to Ray's is, is starting to get a little stickle. dwindling, yeah. You know, like, maybe you, we can step in. Maybe you should align with us. And uh, Uber is just taking it in the whole time. And then he goes off to tell him, well, maybe I'll just go to Ray's and tell him the U.S. government, the CIA, is trying to fucking, you know, corrupt yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think he's going to do that? To which November responds, who said anything about the CIA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, are okay. you guys just these lunatics that are just trying to destabilize this country? What's I wish Obari was just like, okay, dude, stop. Like, <laughs> you're not a spy. You're, not, you're in training still, okay? Chill. Um, and he ba- November just basically tells him we got our eye on you. Yeah. And be watching your every fucking move. Uh, then it goes to it cuts to Ray's security hunting Matisse down in the jungle. Uh, again, they have every reason to be uh, mm-hmm. hunting these fully people within their rights. More power to them. Yep. Uh, then the next scene: Jack and Max, <laughs> the full confrontation we've been fucking waiting for. The build up, and I love that this is like the mid mark episode too. So it's like, oh, this is what this chase has been leading to. This is what we have been waiting for. So, Jack confronts Max. He immediately releases Annabelle to uh, to him. Well, actually, she just runs off. Yeah. Um, and he God, begins to ask Max, who killed Miranda? Who did it? <clears throat> to which Max doesn't give much information. But the one thing that he does indicate is that it was not. Rams. Yeah, he asked that, or he's like, "Who was responsible for Moreno's death?" And he's, it was, tell me it's Ray. But he's like, he he doesn't even give him a chance. Like, it's Ray. Tell me it's Ray. He just wants to any tell validation. Me tell me it's Ray. <laughs> Literally, it's like sadomasochistic man who's just like, please tell me. Tell me it was the bad man. I'm so hard. I'm so close to finishing. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't jerking off while he had the gun pointed at him. Tell me it was Ray. And then and, he makes, yeah, he, yeah. He, Max makes this illusion, like, do you really think that it was Reyes? Is that you what you think? think? It was Reyes, huh? <laughs> he's getting, he like, oh, he's like, oh, I fucking got you. And then this show, and then it's just like the writer trying to be like, oh, shit. Is it not? What? Oh. <laughs> Who could it be? This further demonstrates the paranoiacs that work in the CIA <laughs> and the ability to which they're able to just run around the world playing cops and robbers. Yeah. Just doing what the fuck they want. So uh, I just thought it was hilarious. Like, again, questioning Ryan's paranoia. Like we've said from the beginning. The absolute beginning. And again, just further confirms why Ray's is in the right and has been. Uh, and uh, after that, Max is about to shoot at Ryan. And then Harriet comes in to save the day by shooting him. Oh, my head. God. So, so Harriet, Harriet makes it out from what I believe she was mortally wounded, but you say otherwise. Either way, she was shot 
several miles away, well, a, a lot of miles away, because they had to take a fast a bullet train to get to this college where Max's daughter was at. She conveniently saves Jack um, and then takes the fall for him as the cops arrive. Yes. She says that you can't be here. Uh, you know, you need, a, you need, you need to bounce. leave. You need to bounce, homeboy. And what? And- but she doesn't even take the blame. She says that Jack killed, like, when her daughter, when his daughter comes back, and she's like, oh, my God, what happened? What happened? She's like, he killed him. He killed Jack, Jack killed him. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, what are you? It's Harrigan. Who are you again? Why are you here? Can What's I see some credentials? Name? What are you doing? What are Yeah. Creden- Let me see your credentials. No one has asked for her fucking identification. No one. I've noticed. She hasn't showed it to anyone. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. And that's character. how it ends, basically. What does it? Yeah. No, Matisse dies in this episode. No, he doesn't. Oh, spoiler alert! Oh, you fucking spoiled that for me. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah! Are you no. sure he doesn't die in this episode? No, I, I'm absolutely, sure. I'm absolutely sure. Oh, okay. Maybe I... that was that was the ending. It Cause... ended on a very bleak note because we now know that Max. I just nothing to do. Like, yeah, and I asked my girlfriend yeah. who's seen the entire show already, and I was like, do they call back on these characters at all? And she's like, no. <laughs> I was like, they don't? What was all this whole, these two episodes about then? They're absolutely nothing. Just a bumbling agent with his bumbling oh, enemies. and ugh. What a terrible show. You know, I think we're going we're gonna to have to cram these two, the last three episodes into, because uh, <laughs> this has been rough. Fuck it. It just gets rougher, more rough each episode. Because like, just like they do not know. Nothing goes edit. on. They don't know. They don't know. Context. And this is their they second don't... season. This is basically. <laughs> like, this is the probably the better one. Papers in <clears throat> reality. This is basically lack of, <clears throat> again lack of ideology, lack of cohesion, uh, giving billions of dollars to people to just spend on whatever way they want to yeah. let them run around the world and fucking wreak havoc. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sad, but it's just uh, you know it's a good. I think in context from the way we're putting this show, I think it's a good show to have because it just goes to show the incompetence that the CIA actually has in dealing with these matters too. Totally. And I've been reading or that just, book, Legacy of Ashes: The History of the CIA, which I recommend reading. Um, and even since like the inception of like trying to establish like a central intelligence like group they've always been bumbling dude like they've never knew what they were doing from the start like even when they were trying to get intel on russia they always had like russian probes in our own government in our own like oss and like operative so they've just been bumbling from the start dude like i think there was like this one guy who was appointed one of the directors for like an intelligence agency like in the early inceptions of uh of uh of the CIA and someone like they ask him like, Oh, like, what do you want to do? And like, there's a direct quote in the book. He says, I just want to go home. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be doing this. Like, I don't know why we're starting this, this agency. So it's like, they've just been a mess from the start, dude. Even before they were the CIA, I'm starting to learn that they just fucking do not have it together at all. Not at all. They just, it's only been there to protect the property of the wealthy. That's it. 
yeah. to further consolidate resources and protect property. And one of like their direct like outlines was to not feed the president any information he didn't want to hear, too. So it's of course they're like everything's like, oh, this is off Jesus. record. Everything's off record. Child. The only thing that's off record is gonna be the results that they think is the desired outcome, I exactly. guess. And that's the only thing they'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. Because that makes them look good, of course. That'll always make them look good. Yeah, yeah. They've just been, and they've also just been getting their own fake intelligence too. Like these guys that they've originally hired as like initial creators of the uh, CIA, they they've just been feeding misinformation too. So like, no one ever knows what the fuck's even really going on. Like we're so just exactly. incompetent yeah. <laughs> at spying on people, at actually gaining information that has merit. Creating democracy, Jeez, what a fucking joke. That's the fucking quote right there. Creating democracy, democracy spreaders progress we're making progress oh this show has been uh very difficult to watch my brain's really hurting i know but it also it's like funny said, though i think it is crucial for that purpose and also just like yeah. further demonstrating american exceptionalism as it's portrayed with the you know with the complacency of our society like to be able to watch this as a form of entertainment and not be like Something is really off here. Something's really wrong with this. And people show. love it. Like, people like it for the surface value that it has, you know? Exactly. Like it's they don't look like, at it in the bigger context. Like it's a good show. It's cool. Like I was, it's not you know, even cool. Like there, there are other shows like this, but they demonstrate a quality of being <clears throat> able to criticize themselves. Right. Of, of demonstrating this idea. Exactly. That, like, we're showing this to you, but we're also being very critical of the people who also do right. these actions. And it's not all hero- heroism. It's not of the fucking fantasy. It's like this show is just one giant fantasy for the U.S. Exactly. government. Exactly, you're literally gambling with people's lives across the world, and like, and it's like think- no one in the show has like back to the. There's no cohesion in what anybody wants to get done. No. Like Greer's looking for a fucking satellite. Jack, <laughs> Jack is on this vendetta on the verge of fucking collapsing reyes is just trying to keep his power which i get trying to keep his country together bonalde is just a fucking other fake hillary hillary type and yeah it's just like what's going on here is an enigma how are they gonna tie this all together like (laughs) everyone is so far removed from everyone's intentions the only only way that they keep tying jack back into venezuela is because he thinks that reyes was responsible for murdering his friend and now we know that's not true we're being led to believe that it's not true yeah exactly so it's like so now what what was the point of this absolutely no point someone needs to go walk up to these agents and jack and go paperwork homie because fuck no one's asking for any sort of credentials and they're just letting them go about their way strategy's not hooped yeah (laughs) hoop that shit homie come on yeah, they're gonna yeah, put him in the shoe. Moore's not hooped. Jack Ryan's not hooped. None, None of, the of this CIA is hooped. Are hooped. They're all loose with it. Yeah. Well, nutty with it. They're nutty as fuck with it. God damn it. Well, there you go, dude. There's another episode of Jack Ryan we got <laughs> put into the books here. Wow. Yikes! One for the books. Yikes! Yikes, indeed. Um, just to tie something up that I wanted to talk about too. Uh, I want, like I told you, I watched the. Uh, entirety oh yes entirety Another of old fucking of howard stern the howard stern hillary clinton interview and oh my god dude i told you it was like a well, it was like a combination of solo and 
a seventh grade political <laughs> class. And I say that yeah, because yeah. it's the entire time it's it's Howard, Howard Stern is like, I, I love you. I'm in, I'm in awe with you right now. Like I, you, you would have been my favorite. I, you're my favorite person. I wanted you. There was no one better to be a president more than you. You, you got it together. You're such a hard worker. He's just fucking sucking at the teeth of fucking more like cunt licking for fucking Hillary. It's insane. And he's just so, he's just lapping up everything. He's like, you're, you're right. You're so good. You've been doing it. And Hillary's like, I am good. That's what I, they don't get it, Howard. They don't get it. You need to tell them. Tell them. Let me tell you where I come from. And then there's a lot of boringness. Oh, and then, God, and it's like, we've heard that whole thing about the, well, Howard's like, oh, and, and then you want to go, so what was he, what was he saying about Bernie? They're being critical of Bernie because like he, he every, if Hillary said something, he would rebut her with saying like, well, I want free education for everyone. Yeah, and basically then basically comparing free education to everybody getting chocolate milk. Yeah, which is like very insulting to Bernie too, because it's like, dude, this guy fucking tried to help your ass too, and you're gonna be still salty at him. It's insulting to fucking the country, to everyone who can't afford education. You're comparing it to chocolate fucking milk. Yeah, you have these two wealthy ass people who can afford it, you (laughs) asshole. Like, God, here's two people who went to like prestigious school. I don't know if Howard Stern did, but I know I don't think so. Yeah, Yeah, of course, went to Yale and all this shit just swaddled by wealth their entire lives and it's like you know nothing who are you to speak about this right you have no you have no stakes in the game at all you're fine there was this other funny quote that like she said and she like about how everyone's super critical of her or something and howard's like is it does it ever get too much to you like do you ever just want to just stop and you know just get leave remove yourself from this she's like oh no no that would mean my enemies want like what no who what first off they already won (laughs) twice they're literally in office right now fucking idiot like like she just can't bear the fact that she's fucking no one likes her no one likes you dude like dude literally no one no one and you're not even relevant anymore you know what you are pretty much in the dark now like no one gives a fuck about you like if you ran right now people would laugh in your face because you know it's gonna go nowhere like what would you do differently going out more howard stern like my friend mark Wahlberg said in the departed uh she's much like a mushroom keep him in the dark and feed him shit <laughs> i like that quote so. uh but yeah it was pretty funny just to see her fucking try and then she tries yeah. to be all like i'm i'm lounging right now i'm gonna work <laughs> it out with howard like oh howard and you're so funny you're so funny howard and she has that snapping jaw dude i am 100 percent positive frazzle drip is a real video and she's that? it's a video <laughs> It's a video. I think it's Frazzle or Frizzle Drip. One of those. It's it's a video of supposedly of uh, Hillary performing this crazy like ritual with uh, what was her name? Something Aldine. Uh, It was a what's the wiener guy? His assistant or something. I'm not sure. The wiener guy. Yeah. Anthony Wiener who leaked the. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's like something Aldine. Anyways, it's her and this and someone else, and supposedly in the video, it's them skinning the face off like this young child, Jesus and like, Christ. yeah, and then like she proceeds to wear it, and then they start like drinking her blood, and like <laughs> I'm certain that video is out there. So, okay, that is interesting. Well, Jesus, 
frazzle drip. Goddamn fucking people, man. Is it? I only seen Jason Aldean, but that's the guy that the who was performing at the concert when the Las Vegas shooting happened. Uh, let me see. <clears throat> it's her, yeah. What's her name? Fuck, what's her name? I mean, I don't doubt it either. Uh, only because they are fucking terrifying. Huma Huma like Abdeen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they only exist to. I mean, we talked about last week about the fucking uh, their visits the to Zorro Ranch. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't put it past There's these summer psychos. vacations at the Zorro Ranch. Yikes. Ugh. But uh, yeah, man, the shit's fucking coming to a head and shit's getting crazier and crazier and uh speaking of crazier dude it's uh i picked up a dark knight returns uh what's it yeah Yeah, and uh it just opens with like a riot and it's it's during election time too and it's just like this is how they sort their right their votes out pretty much it's pretty fucking cool and the because i haven't read the i haven't read the master race which is the one right before that yeah because it's are a, they in order are they like sequ- sequential i think so because the batman uh, i forget the batman the batwoman rather her her name because it's a woman that's taking the helm of batman mm-hmm. right now so what she keeps referring to batman as the boss which i thought was pretty cool oh cool um and then it, it, fo- it like follows uh superman's children who just have like this disdain for everybody in the world right now but like they feel obliged to help them because superman loves the world for some reason that they can't understand either that's how dude that's exactly how that character should be written at most times right right what's his children so like power when you're like it's like a dr manhattan-esque you know sort of exactly contempt for society because you're so much better than they are (laughs) and i just love the way like miller like you know stages all this shit too it just really comes together very well he just really knows how to make like a writing dystopian future hell yeah it's pretty badass. Trump is Trump sense. is like the the candidate too in it too. That's funny. Hell yeah. So I, I haven't got I haven't read the whole thing too, but I thought it was cool just how it opens with that riot during like an election night. Like that's just the common way that they go about sorting shit, because everyone's just so goddamn divided about things too. You know. Uh huh. And he I mean, like makes panels the... with like tweets. He has like t- fake tweets of like presidential candidates like denouncing <laughs> from the right. It's like oh I don't support this too, but please go vote for me like. It's fucking really cool, dude. I recommend you pick it up. Oh yeah, I compared to all the other mainstream shit that's out there. It yeah, the mainstream comics suck now. So I'm glad that at least like he's doing some work like that. And like I said, Raphael Grandpa, the the artist in it, he I'm glad so he's cool. doing some more mainstream work because he's got a really cool style. Really cool style, and I I love that style. It's like him, Frank Quitely. Yeah, uh, who's a, there's another Jeff one too. Is, is a lot like that. There's another guy named Ramon Villalobos. Villalobos, yes, that's who I was thinking of too. They all have such a cool style, like very, just it's like just very fun. Nimble, yeah, nimble line, but also really good detail and like lots of squigglies that I really love. Mm-hmm. You know? but yeah, Frank, I noticed like because I was reading uh, Jupiter's Legacy again, which uh-huh. came out pretty like maybe four years ago. Yeah, it's pretty so, old like, now. Yeah, Mark Millar and and Frank Quitely and like man, Quitely's work is like it's not, badass. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but compared to his like <clears throat> shit with like Grant Morrison back in the day and like oh, you think it fell it off? Just, it's I think it has a lot. Well, like, didn't as, didn't Batman Incorporated come out after oh, yeah. after yeah, uh, 
even Batman and Robin. It it came out after uh, Jupiter Jupiter's Legacy, I thought. Batman Incorporated. He didn't do Batman Incorporated. That's Chris Burnham. Oh, he has a similar style. See, that. I get them all confused too. Yeah, Chris Burnham is also really good. Uh, he's got a uh, Batman Incorporated was actually really cool. That was but, a great um, one. But yeah, for, like Frank Quietly's style as compared, like his is super clean compared to like a Chris Burnham, which mm. is kind of dirty and like I yeah. like that like line better. Yeah, you're right. But, I'm looking at Frank Quietly's stuff and. It is real. It is a lot cleaner than all these other guys kind of do. I think he make, he draws now for color. He doesn't draw for inking and for like a, a sort of aesthetic. I feel like he's drawing to make it easier for the colorist too. Oh, dude, uh, what what's is that Frank Quietly who did that dope ass Batman and Robin cover where they're they're looking? It's like a shot of you below them and they're looking down at you. Yes, he did that cover. Yeah, he that, did that whole run. Well, I Frank Quietly did or. Yeah, Frank Quietly. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that cover's fucking sick, dude. Those comics are dope. Those Honestly, comics are dope. Dick Grayson is Batman. Yeah. And he did that X-Men, too. Yes, the new X-Men stuff. That's, we gotta do a, that's really good. We're going to do a comic book episode soon. We do, yeah. Especially with the new um, Black Widow trailer coming out. Oh, sick. Gotta stay on track. Hell yeah. Rock on with her Black Widow tonight. Maybe next episode we can do a comic or something. Yeah, I'm down. Some stuff we're reading. Oh, wait. You know what we should do next episode? has to be the film uh, episode. Because it's almost a week before oh, New Year's. Oh, true. Yeah, that is true. So we should do our decade uh, list of films. Yeah. We're going to do a end of the decade film list. Some of our faves might be implicated. I like it. I'm excited. Don't worry. I've rewatched End of Watch, which I thought for some reason I put that on my list, but I definitely did not because I rewatched it and I was like, oh no, this is not. <laughs> oh man, if I would have seen that, I would have definitely been like, End of Watch? I would have <laughs> definitely asked you about that. <laughs> it was fucking, watch it, dude. It's funny. I probably will again just to get a laugh out of it. It's pretty fucking God. hilarious. You ever fuck on heroin? Is that Pena? No, that's the like gangster fool. One of the gangster uh, okay. guys. You don't remember that line? You're a fuck on here. No, I saw it like once, and I don't even remember. Like, I used to always say that though. You're a fuck on here. I feel like I do remember you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it; it's funny. Oh yeah, a lot of head, uh, a lot of male homoeroticism in that movie. Definitely. And Hooper's in that movie. The fucking speaking of Black Widow, yeah, that fucking guy. Uh, uh what's his name? Uh what's the actor's name who plays him in Stranger Things? Um Hellboy. I can't remember yeah, I don't know his name, to be honest. Something I don't know. Yeah, he's in it and he gets stabbed I thought in it. Was the Dennis ass. Hopper, or is that his Stranger Things character? Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper's an actor. Oh. Where am I getting oh. his name is <laughs> his name is Hop his name is Hopper in the show. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why I was thinking Dennis. Let's see. Stranger Things. Damn, I got a peek. Are yeah. we still recording? David Harbour. Yeah, we are recording. We can wrap it up, though. So uh, oh, okay. let's wrap it up. So he's got a link. Pee out of his fat cock. He's pulling it out right now. Listeners, thank you for listening again. We are coming at you a little late, but we're still here. So we out ya. We will always be in ya. Just like Michael Pena. And his delightful little jokes. 
So keep on the struggle. Keep the fight up. I will see you at Disneyland this weekend because I'm going to Disneyland. So stay tuned for my update from there. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, There needs to be, you know what we need to do in Venezuela? We need to just build a Disneyland. Everyone would just be a lot happier there. Get their word straight, Jack. Get your word straight, Jack. All right, Caesar. Me and Caesar are gonna go proceed to have a push-up contest and uh, do some runs and laps. So we will see you guys on the flip side. Thank you for listening. Paperwork. (laughs) Yes, show us your paperwork next week. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye.